Want to learn how to see and share Jesus from all the scripture? Learn with us at the Christ Centered and Clear podcast. Welcome to the Christ Under Clear podcast. I'm your host, Nate Aiken. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to invite you to join us for our next Christ Under Clear conference, Saturday, October 21st in St. Paul, Minnesota. We will focus on how to see and share Jesus from the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is also the focus of our podcast for the next few months as we work through the passages each week, connecting the work of Jesus to the promises of God made in the Old Testament. To kick off our study of Hebrews, Josh Redberg and Matt Caps join me to introduce the book. If you missed the first half of our introduction, you'll want to check out last week's episode. And now we rejoin the conversation with Josh and Matt on today's episode. Uh, Matt, I'll come back to you first and then to Josh, but what are some other texts? And normally when we go through different chapters in Christ Center and Clear, we try to talk about any problem text or problem issues. Are there any other texts outside of the warning ones that you guys think we should bring up? as far as difficult to interpret, um, might have textual questions and so forth? Um, not, I mean, not necessarily for me. I, I think in general it's, and this will, I think we'll talk about this in a little while, the idea that um, you, you really have to understand the Old Testament and the people, the institutions, and the patterns in the Old Testament to get a sense of what's happening in Hebrews. And so um, I think apart from that, I mean, yeah, People can read this book and, and go off in a thousand different directions theologically, but if you if you anchor it in the Old Testament, it it makes more sense. Yeah, I'll ask a question about that in just a second, Josh. Any you would add? Yeah, I think it's some like you and John have actually talked about in some previous podcasts. What do you do with some of the people listed in Hebrews eleven? Right, that's a challenge. Um, I know, mm-hmm. like John John tackles as well, and so I'm not sure the podcast that he has talked about Samson when he went through Judges, like. You know, you read Samson in Hebrews 11, and your first thought, at least mine, is not like, oh, what a man of faith. We think about his failures. And so I think, yeah. I don't think it's an, uh, a problem as much as I think that's something people have to really think through. How do you, how do you help people? And I think it's the type of thing, you know, your people, if they have any sort of background in church, they've heard Samson, and they probably think of Samson as like this, this, this guy who failed. Um, you know, he kept giving in a temptation. He kept doing this. Why is he listed here? So I, th- I think it's anticipating some of those, uh, sort of those responses in the people listening. Um, but I, I think that's, that's one that can be tricky. That's good. Matt, uh, based on what you said, I mean, we're going to come to a question just on the, on those things. So I want to ask it a two part question. Are there certain heresies that have come about because of wrong interpretation of Hebrews? But then on the flip side, how has Hebrews been used by the church to argue against uh, perva- you know, pervasive heresies? And so maybe take both parts of that. Yeah, so um, as far as heresies that have come about because of Hebrews, I think the, the most obvious one in my mind is kind of the, the whole um, the, the works-based salvation doctrines. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that, that's the, the clearest one I can I can. I can think of as far as the actual text of Hebrews, people taking the warning passages um, as um, biblical warrant to say that that people can 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 lose their salvation to use that language, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. I think um, I think we have to, to look at the entirety of the book and the context in which the passages are given to, to, to talk about that. Um, as far as how the the book has been used to argue against heresy, um, 
it's, it's fascinating to me that in, and actually in the book of Hebrews, the author warns against strange teachers or strange teachings, right? In the church, chapter 13, that have been related to the use of, of ritual foods, probably. Um, so the author is um, concerned about doctrines of food and he contrasts them with the idea of, of grace, right? Um, and then he talks about um, the how spiritual, uh, special foods are not of spiritual benefit. So it's this, again, again it's kind of a, He's, he's working against a, maybe a dietary regulations or some kind of um, some works-based doctrine there. Um, so I, th- I, think, I think you can use Hebrews in that sense. And I'm curious to hear from Josh how he approached those passages when he preached through it uh, with his people, because I don't know if you have any dietary laws at your church or not, or your people are used to that. But so how did, how did you make that jump? Uh, the, the other thing I might mention briefly is um, I do think there's a strong Christology in the book of Hebrews. And so I think if you think about some of the, the heresies in church history, um, like the Nestorian heresy, um, that um, basically not only confessed two different natures of Christ, but two different persons somewhat fused into Christ. And, and you have this idea in Hebrews, it's very clear that Christ is uh, the divine Son of God, the God-man, right, who is the exact imprint of of God. And um the, the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. Um, and so th- there's no mistaking when you're in the book of Hebrews of who Christ is um, as, as God himself. And so I think the book of Hebrews has been used in that sense to fight off um, uh, heresies about who the person and um, nature of Christ throughout history. Josh, anything you would add there? Uh, those are the same ones I was thinking of. Yeah, the warning passages mis- mistaken as... Um, Christians uh, losing salvation, needing to be resaved, things like that. Um, and yeah, people struggling with the nature of Christ. I think of particularly where it says that uh, that he, um, in chapter 5, um, although he was the son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. You know, pastors like that are tricky mm-hmm. to understand how the humanity of Christ works. Um, so I, th- I think that's that's where people can, if they're not careful, if they don't read it within sort of the context of Hebrews, but also the context of the canon, they can they can pull out something and you know and, and just re- repeat one of these heresies from the last two thousand years, um, you know, sound like their 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 neighbor who goes to a, a, a temple, um, you know, because they they're, they're misunderstanding a, a phrase or two uh, in here about Christ's nature. That's good stuff. Um, maybe back to you first, Josh, and then Matt. You said you've taught it in Sunday school more than, or uh, in rather than preaching through it. But how much? Because we, we've made allusions to it. It's one of the reasons we chose this book uh, for to focus on the podcast. How much do you draw in the Old Testament um, stuff? So in the, basically, in each sermon, Josh, how much were you kind of helping your people understand the context by which those kind of concepts were coming out of? I mean, I think you have to spend a fair amount of time, but I think it, you can do it um, in a couple different ways. Uh, one is that you can you can feel like the majority of it is simply explaining the Old Testament. You know, what I'm saying almost almost like a lecture. Let's turn here. Let's look at this for of my 40 minutes. 30 of it is actually spent somewhere else walking through. Or you can do what he's doing, which is he summarizes. Now your your summary has to be a little fuller. Right, because you're you're helping people understand it, but he's summarizing truths and then applying them to both Christ and to the Christ's people. 
And so I think you can, you can do it in summary form. Like it, you could spend a lot of time in, you know, in Genesis, simply looking at Melchizedek, um, or you can, you can, you can go there. You certainly can make sure they understand what happened, who he was, but you can do it in a little more summary form. And I think that's in preaching what you should do. Like at the end of the day, it's not acing a quiz on Melchizedek. It's understanding more about Jesus because of Melchizedek. And so if you, mm-hmm. if you lecture from the Old Testament, most likely your people will struggle then to make the connection to Christ, I think, particularly in a sermon. Um, mm. So I think keep the keep the end goal in mind, which is you're 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 trying to help them see Jesus by often by illustration or by example here, and so summarize summarize it for them. Do it in a way that's engaging. Do it in a way that's clear. Like do all of your work so that in your summary, like they they're like, okay, I get it, I see it now. Um, but I think if you go to a lecture, you're almost depending upon them then to synthesize it. Your job as a preacher mm-hmm. is to synthesize some of that for them show them where it comes from, make sure it's rooted in the text, but, but then get them to Jesus through it. Help them to see the connection, why Melchizedek mm-hmm. matters when looking at Christ, not simply facts about Melchizedek. Matt, anything you'd add there? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I, th- I think this is more difficult because our people are less and less familiar with the Old Testament, it seems. And so um, it, two resources I would point you to that I think have been helpful for me as, as far as summarizing Old Testament and, and kind of getting the, the, the sense of what's happening in those texts is the Dictionary of Biblical Theology and the Dictionary of Biblical Imagery. Um, and so I, I've used those to think through, you know, when you, when you think about a passage where it says that Christ um, is the, the once for all sacrifice, we'll contrast that with the picture of the, the priest going in year after year and making a sacrifice. The work is never done. And so you can as a preacher or teacher, you can paint the picture of that ongoing work of the sacrifice and how it's never done and the, the burdens of the people pile up year after year um, and then talk about Christ being uh, the once for all sacrifice. So you can kind of give them a sense and a feel of what it's like to live in that Old Testament time and in those institutions um, as part of um, explaining, like you were saying, giving a summary uh, of what's going on. And that 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 gets to the uh, not only to the, the knowledge of the Old Testament, but it, in a at a motive level, at the heart level, it helps them understand why these arguments are so important. Because we are, I mean, we're, we're so removed from that context of ancient Israel. It's kind of hard people, people contextually to understand what's happening and, and why these Old Testament institutions and persons matter and how they relate to Christ. So you kind of got to help them feel it and see it at the same time. One, one practical piece of advice when... Um... You know, when doing this in a sermon, and this actually comes from the book Saving Eutychus, is a lot of times mm-hmm. if you summarize before you read the key verses, it helps people. Uh, there's a tendency yeah. sometimes to go and you read all the key verses, but you haven't given them the context to actually understand what you're reading. So you read it all through while you're reading, they're reading it there. They're like, what are we talking about? And so that's a mm-hmm. that's a tip they give in their book on preaching, which I think is helpful most of the time is like, Good. before you read that key verse, summarize it, say like, the you know author is drawing our attention to Melchizedek because you know he's the king of righteousness he's the king of peace just like Jesus is see in verse 18 then he read it so now like it, a lot of times like you read it before they understand what the context is and so it doesn't actually help them now they hear it they hear the summary they look at it and it's like oh i see it there um so i think that's just a practical mm. tip as you go through this summarize first 
then point to key passages and they'll see it in the passage once they know what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Josh, I'm gonna come back to you with this question. Just a, a couple more, but um, we we chose this book. Obviously, first one we've chosen in the New Testament. But how does Hebrews help us understand the Old Testament uh, through a distinctly Christian lens? Well, I was thinking actually, Nate, about the podcast from just a just a few weeks ago, where you and uh, John uh, were talking about the end of the book of Ezekiel, and my wife and I were having a discussion about this. She had listened to the podcast, and so we were just having a discussion in the car about how to interpret these Old Testament prophetic passages that, you know, upon first blush, it's like, okay, it looks like he's saying there's going to be a temple and there's going to be sacrifices. And then you look at the book of Hebrews and the book of Hebrews is, I think, helping us clarify that thing that we feel already as Christians. When we read that, we're like, well, I don't think there can be sacrifices in the future because of Jesus. And Hebrews is giving us sort of the, the interpretive lens to go like, okay, yeah, that's, now I can put sort of a I can systematize my sort of innate spirit-led um, response to some of those Old Testament prophetic passages. Okay, what what's he actually saying? He's showing us how the temple points to Christ. How really we're going to all be priests, and we're going to we're going to everything we do is going to be a sacrifice of thanksgiving to Christ for what He's done. Like He's giving us an example. I I not just how to interpret, but I think maybe he's giving us some permission as when we read the Old Testament, sometimes we're like, wait, that doesn't sound quite like I thought it did because of Jesus. He's sort of showing how that's the case. And so I, I mean, I think it's formative. I think without the book of Hebrews, we would struggle more with the Old Testament interpretation um, because we would read mm -hmm. something and be like, it seems like that, but I don't think that can be quite the same because of, you know, some of the New Testament, but Hebrews is sort of like, Oh, okay. It's absolutely. This is what he's doing here. He's. This is how it points to Jesus. Mm. So, I, I think it. It really gives us the license to interpret the Old Testament like Jesus said he did, like, like the Paul said mm. he did, like the apostles do throughout it, saying like, here's a little more of a framework to do that. Good, Matt. What would you add there? Uh, I think I think Josh is absolutely right. I I'll often think about the uh, quip from I think it was Augustine who said. The new is in the old concealed, and the old is in the new revealed. Um, and I do think that when you read the book of Hebrews and see how um, things like the temple and the priest and the sacrifices point forward to Christ, who is the fulfillment of those things, um, I think it opens your eyes to read Scripture hmm. differently. Um, and you see uh, just the beauty of, the, the, of, of God's providential hand over history. Right. There's that old Ed Clowney quote that, you know, you have 66 books in the Bible written over a period of thousands of years by authors who knew very little of each other. And somehow they all converge and point to one person, Jesus Christ, who is the climax of all of redemptive history. And I think more than any other book in the New Testament, the book of Hebrews um, pulls those the two testaments together um, well and is the is the most. Uh, you could say systematized presentation of uh, biblical theology you have in the New Testament. I mean, it's certainly in line with the preaching of the apostles and acts, but um, the author of Hebrews, whoever he is, um, covers them so well that you can walk away and get a good sense of, uh, of how all these different institutions in the Old Testament point to Christ. And what it does on the back end, when you're done really given some time to study of Hebrews, you can go back into the Old Testament and you have um, you have better instincts 
when it comes yeah. to interpretation. Any a better way to read the Old Testament and see how it points forward. Hey, let's get out of here on this question, uh, both of you guys, uh, for for you know pastors, teachers, leaders, but even just you know church members. What are some helpful resources that you'd recommend for studying Hebrews? There is a great knowing the Bible uh, ESV study journal that I mean, really, if you have that in this Change podcast. Yeah, you need nothing else. <laughs> Is that written by Matthew Caps? Matthew Z Caps. Um, so yeah, pick that up. That guy. That guy. Um, no, that, yeah, that guy. It, it is good though. Um, <laughs> he said no. It is good. No, no it is good. Um, I mean, Moeller's Moeller's uh, book in Christ Centered, Exalting Jesus in Hebrews is excellent. The Christ Centered Exposition. A Shriner wrote a great book. Uh, comment in the, the commentary series on it. Um, you know, I always like Hughes as a way to sort of like take pastoral approach to it. Um, O'Brien, I don't know if we're allowed to say that anymore, but O'Brien is, it's, <laughs> it is excellent is as good as anything on it. So those are, those are some of the ones I, I really like. Yeah. I wouldn't have anything to add cause you've covered good, um, more of academic exegetical stuff and then some more of like sermon type commentaries. If I were to add anything else, I'd say, again, get the, the, the Dictionary of Biblical Theology, which is edited by Brian Rosner. Get the Dictionary of Biblical Imagery. Um, there's a Dictionary of Theological Interpretation by Kevin Van Hooser. Um, because really, I mean, when you're trying to summarize and capture the essence of some of these Old Testament images, those are really helpful tools. And I think the more you read in biblical theology, uh, the better off you're going to be when you're preaching through Hebrews. We should have let you pull a what about Bob and recommend your own book, but um, Matt, but Josh beat you to it. So, <laughs> um, well, guys, appreciate it so much. We we also thank you for listening to the Christ Center and Clear podcast. Next week, we're going to look at the opening verses of Hebrews 1, uh, how God has spoken to us in the last days through his son, whom he's appointed heir of all things. And so uh, check back with us next week. Thanks for listening to the Christ Center and Clear podcast. Thank you for listening to the Christ Center and Clear podcast. If you have questions, topics, or texts that you'd like us to consider for future podcasts, please contact us at podcast at com, and please visit us at com for more resources that will help you see and share Jesus from all of Scripture. Scripture.